My name is Gunner. I play in a local Austin band called The Big Gun Show. I created this podcast to sit down with other songwriters, musicians, artists, lovers of music to talk about their top five records that have inspired their lives and their musical prowess. And as season two continues, I am stoked to have Paula Nelson on the show today. She was born in Houston with a mom-pop combo of Connie and Willie Nelson. Might have heard of him before. Um, she used to have a show on Sun Radio, my favorite radio station here in Austin, Texas. But she now spends her days on Sirius XM's Outlaw Country and Willie's Roadhouse channels. And I'm not sure when exactly, but she's got a new EP coming out sometime here in the near future. Today we talked about how she picked her records because they are all theatrical and happy. The Willie record she picked has been chosen by more of the My Top 5 Record podcastees than any other record. Stay tuned to find out what that is. Now, late in Season 1, I implemented quizzes. I just brought them into the mix. And this is going to keep on going and keep on continuing on future podcasts for the foreseeable future. And it don't matter what I'm going to ask. No, it don't. It's all about fun and smiles. And Paula did really good. I think she missed one. And if you're digging on what we're laying down here at my top five records, um, give us a review on the Apple iTunes platform if you don't mind. Uh, You can listen to my top five records pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. But if you were to give a star for each one of your top five records... That's five stars. On the Apple iTunes platform, it would be super appreciated. Now let's get to the conversation. But first, close your eyes. You're on that desert island again. What five records do you have? All right, ladies, gentlemen, I am stoked today to have Paula Nelson on the My Top Five Records podcast. Hello, Paula. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, we're going to have a good time today, I promise. Okay. Uh, let's jump into your records. This is what I have for your records. I've got you with Blue October Foiled. I've got uh, Super Tramp Breakfast in America. Awesome. Um, Willie Nelson Phases and Stages. Lenny Kravitz Let Love Rule and Brent Cobb's Shine on Rainy Day. Love that. That last album is, is super dear to me. And I'll tell stories when we get to it. Okay. But let's start off with uh, Super Tramp Breakfast in America. So I'll give a little background on the album or on on the record. Uh, It was their sixth studio album uh, in 1980, got a Grammy for best engineered non-classic recording and was nominated for the best pop performance. It went quadruple quadruple platinum and was on the, was number one on the billboard pop charts for six weeks. That's a long time. And the original concept was about a relationship, conflicting ideas between uh, Davies and Hodgson. How, how do you say his last name? Hodges. I think it's Hodgson. Hodges. Hodges. Hodgson. Hodgson. <laughs> Hodgson. I think it is. And, Hodgson. You know. And so basically, they changed that kind of that that, that kind of concept into a uh, into an album of fun songs. That's what they called it. So, you know, do you feel this record is a satire of the USA? Well, um, you know. It, it does now more so when I listen to it. But when I first heard the logical song, I think I was in the fifth or fifth, fourth or fifth grade. Right. And so the album means different things to me now than it did when I first heard it. Of course it. it did. Of course. I didn't quite understand a lot of the things they were talking about in the fourth grade. In fact, I was I argued with my teacher 
that it was a, I was like, no, that can't, that's not a guy singing. Because his voice. <laughs> like, no, well, that's a lady. Was like, no, hon, it's not. <laughs> that was my next question for you. Do you feel like he was influenced by the Bee Gees? Probably, probably. Yeah. I've when never I was met. I was like, geez, I mean, listen to well, the range. She's got, he's got quite a range. Uh, yeah. They both. Um, but so, yeah, it was different for me. And it just, oh man, the, all the songs that since I heard it the first time in the fourth grade till when we would listen to it on the road, when we were on tour, because it's something you can just listen to all the way through. It is. Yeah, uh, it is. So it, it's nostalgic to be able to listen to it, you know, thinking about that, that time of life mm-hmm. for me. And then uh, when I listened to it um, just after we spoke the first time again, it was like, Oh, that's so nice. Just the way it's all put together and, and the, uh, the lyrics are, yeah, I do believe that I, I, if I'm not, if I'm wrong, correct me, but from what I kind of got of it out of it too, after listening to it again was how people think that kind of the same way, if you're going to go to a Los Angeles, you must, you'll be an actress immediately. You just have to get a job. That's how it works. Of course. Of course. Does it work that way? <laughs> I'm a terrible waitress, so I, <laughs> <laughs> that I can assure you. I just don't believe the customer's always right. So that oh, my uh, boss, but your, on boss that. Yeah, your boss didn't like that. That's so strange. Yeah, I know. I, I know. Can't believe that he would think. You know. I mean, that, can I have another glass of water? Uh, you don't need water. <laughs> Get a beer. So Rehydrate yeah. with beer. Yeah, chillax a little, dude. Drink some whiskey. <laughs> Um, yeah, I I love how, um, like, um, Davies and Roger, how they, they really didn't get along that much, you know, well, they, they, they think they said they did, but they didn't really, you know, in 1972, Davies would not take LSD with, uh, Rogers and, uh, somebody melody maker said in three days with the band, I don't think I saw Davies and Hodges converse once other than exchange courteous greetings. (laughs) <laughs> which is interesting because you wouldn't know that to listen to the, the songs agreed we would have no idea i didn't know that about them either until i did some research again after we started when i had to start thinking about the songs and then i read up on super tramp and i thought wow that never came through the music right. at all but they're both so very talented so maybe that played into it the our creative artist minds of no i think it should go this way no i should get I don't know. I would have to ask them, but it seems like yeah. I don't know the history and how long they were together as friends or as band members before they made that album. That was your, you said their sixth studio album. Their sixth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, it was primarily Hodges and Davies as the primary songwriters and they would swap lyrics yeah. and stuff. It was, it was clear who was singing what because of, um, you know, especially the Bee Gees influence. In my opinion, I think that was the influence. Yeah. But are, are, you yeah. ready, are you ready for the first quiz question? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Okay. On the cover of this record, what was the waitress's name? Oh, that's so mean. <laughs> okay, so think about the cover. Think about the okay. cover. Uh-huh. It's the waitress. Was it Did A, it? Luby? Was it B, Libby? Or was it C, Lizzie? I'm going to go with B. Ding, 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 ding. Just like the Statue of Liberty. 
Got it. Got it. That's what I was standing up there with her thing, you know, with a tray. Yeah. Quiz question number two. You ready for this? Proud of myself. Ready. You got what you're one for one. One for one, Paula. Good job. Okay. Um, what is on the tray that Libby is holding above her head? Is it A, a breakfast plate with eggs and bacon, B, a glass of orange juice, or three, a cup of coffee? I'm going to say a cup of coffee. Oh. It's just a, just just an orange juice. Wow. But the okay. cover is so cool because it's like you, when you look at all the, like the, the skyline of what's supposed to be New York, New York City, it's like yeah. she's supposed to be the Statue of Liberty. Right. right. And, and so overlooking that and then you see like the people in the band in there and you see like eggs and bacon. You see all this stuff like that would be in a diner salt shakers as are like buildings and and stuff. It's, it's just a really, really awesome uh, record cover. I just I, I had it is. To, and I thought that, but I guess I went with diner thinking right. coffee. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to ask you questions like um, who played the the bass on the third track of this album. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to, I want to ask you questions that I, I would, I hope you'll get. I was hoping. Yeah. You know. I was hoping I'd get that one too, but at least you're giving me options from which to choose. <laughs> well, I want to do a multiple choice because that's going to be difficult if you don't. Um, <laughs> so what, tell me a little bit more about this album and you, what you heard it first, fifth, fifth or sixth grade. What, what's, what, what struck you? Was it, was it just like everything about it that just like hit you right in the chest or was it, I think it was all at once just for number one. I couldn't believe that it was a male voice because <laughs> it was beautiful. It was not anything against it. It's just that I couldn't believe that a man could sing like that with that. Again, the Bee Gees influence. I didn't put that together back then, even though the Bee Gees were huge back then. And I loved them as well. Uh, I think again, it's different because it's, when I heard it the first time, it just made me feel happy and it was great music. And I was used to, you know, that was like, <clears throat> let's see, fourth grade. I was before MTV. So music was, I was getting my music from my parents and from my friends' parents. So there was like Doobie Brothers and of oh, course yeah. all the other stuff from growing up and with my family, you know, yeah. my dad's friends and whatnot. I think that when I first heard the Super Tramp album, it just, it was something so new and all of it fit together so perfectly. And if, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but the, the you probably have since you do this all the time, but the albums that I have chosen all have a certain like theatrical. Mm -hmm. I do. To them. And so that's what, I think, of course, I mean, the band is amazing. The songs are timeless um, on with Supertramp and, and the other ones as well. Uh, but that one especially is something that I can put on. And it just, I thought the music was so good. Back it is. Then. It's killer. And to be yeah. honest with you, I don't think I've ever listened to that album front. Um, front to back. To cover, yeah. I yeah. And so it's, you know, I, and I, I just love, again, and I say this all the time on the podcast, I, I'm a huge believer in the art of the album. Yeah. Right. So it's it, for me, like I had one guy say, listen, I had to pick Hank Williams, Jr. Greatest hits. And I, he goes, I know you don't want me to do that. And I said, well, it's because I wore it out when I was when I was in high school. And I said, OK, cool. Yeah. So his coolest questions were all about the lyrics of one song. <laughs> <laughs> And he nailed, right. them all. he nailed them all. I didn't even have to give him the, the multiple choice. He was like, yep, beach done that. Dude's, uh, 
<laughs> but yeah. So, um, so yeah, that, yes, that's mainly it. Is it just the, the way it makes you feel? Makes it's you a feel. feeling album. Like it. Feeling mm -hmm. album. Uh, very cool. All right, let's talk about Blue October Foiled. This was a little bit surprising for me. <laughs> I didn't think this was going to be one of your records. I didn't. No, no, no one's ever picked this. Yeah. Uh, but it was certified platinum in 2006. Um, the guys, the guy Justin uh, uh, Furstenfeld, it's a hard name to say. Yeah. Uh, originally from Houston, you know, he had a mental breakdown at one point. Uh, he woke up from a nightmare where the the last drops of his sanity poured out of his brain. Um, so tell me <laughs> why this record is so important to you. Well, What's honestly, so I had never heard of Blue October until, um, gosh, it was probably right around maybe that album had just come out or maybe come out the year or two before. I don't even know. I can't remember timelines very well right now, but I first heard it on the way to Yellowstone. My friend and I were going to stay at Yellowstone. Right. And so we had a long drive and he played me the album in the car and I, the first song that I heard was um, Overweight. Mm -hmm. It made me, I had to like hold in like tears <laughs> with this friend of mine I was driving because again, that one is very theatrical. Um, totally. Everything was so theatrical as well. And it made me start to cry just because of the lyrics. And then I, my friend was telling me a little bit of um, Justin's background yeah. and I totally relate to all of that. I didn't know about the dream part that you just told about, but I can, I can certainly kind of relate to that. Well, a lot of the songs well. are about that kind of stuff on this mm -hmm. album. If you, if you really listen to those lyrics, they're, they're, they're really kind of sorrowful. Um, but yes. I, I too love that song overweight and, uh -huh. you know, I love the whole vocal, like acoustic intro, then enter the band and the slashy guitars. And, uh, I, that's, that's my thing. Um, me and Keith yeah. Richards, we have a thing going on. He doesn't know it yet, but but he doesn't know that he, he loves me too yet. Um, but just and, and the cadence, the way he sings those lyrics in that song are just it's it's so like unorthodox. And uh -huh. I don't everything came together with that song for me. It did. Me too. And, you know, I loved the um, uh, hate me. There's a great song on there, uh -huh. too. Um, they're all great. And they, like I said, I listened to the whole album on the way to Yellowstone, but those, uh, the songs, those two songs are the ones that really, really hit me hard. And then I saw them uh, in concert here in Austin. Yeah, and yeah. I've never seen them. Phenomenal. I've only seen him one time, but I, he was just, again, so theatrical on stage. And okay. actually I had heard his, I think he was in a cast. And so he was, he couldn't, you know, he was just sitting on a stool, but I mean, it was amazing. And, you know, I always love a man in eyeliner anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching Vikings. Have you seen the show? No. Have you ever seen Game of Thrones? Oh, well, yes. yes. Okay. Well, it's, it's very much like Game of Thrones, like okay. the same kind of like story, multiple storylines going all over the place. And it's about these Vikings from Norway, and they almost every every one of them wears black eyeliner around their their eyes. Oh, it's old already. Yeah, yeah. And, and and the girls are pretty cute with the with the black <laughs> eyeliner. Okay. Excuse me, not cute, hot, sexy. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, all right, I'll have to check it out. It's it was yeah. originally originally on the History Channel. Um, okay. 
and you can get it on Amazon Prime. Okay, good to know. Good it's to a, know. It's, it's a good one. It, it's definitely a good one. So another thing I love about this album is how it's unconventional in the sense that that every song is over four minutes long. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's totally against like radio, radio play and, and radio fandom and stuff like that. But, you know, it's just it, it they just kind of threw the, the social norm in the trash and went just said, fuck it, I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to create the art that I want to create. Yeah. And it is so I mean, obviously, I think um, it says in there I, from what I heard from my friend and from what I read again after we had talked was that after he had, you know, went into rehab um, it's is when he wrote all these songs mm-hmm. when he was really like hardcore raw emotion. And so I understood that is that is what just reached out and grabbed me as well. And at the time, I guess I was in a place that really made sense to me. Plus the, the music is amazing. I mean, all of it, again, yeah. it's so theatrical and so cool. And, Everything about it, I just loved it. No, it, it, I I enjoyed listening to that. It's a, and again, one of the beautiful things about me doing this podcast is that I now go into Spotify and favorite every one of these albums. And so now I have this whole new arsenal of music that I can <laughs> listen to. And you know, like I know which one I want for what mood I'm in and now. And and yeah. sometimes I want to go back and listen to things again and again. Just be. I heard a, uh, Kelly McWee just gave me this. Uh, I forget who he was, but this bluegrass guy just with him and his guitar. Uh-huh. And it was, it, it, it blew me away. Okay. Well, you'll have to share that information with me too. So I can add it to my little. Yeah, well, I, you know what I can do is I can send you, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the file that I have of everybody and their records that they've picked. Okay. That's great. Yeah. That'd be great. And I even have it with pivot tables and everything. So it's a, not that I'm very good with Excel, but anyway, let's move on to let love rule. Um, okay. Okay. So I, have so much admiration for Lenny Kravitz. I mean, that guy, I remember it was, I think it was in 89. Um, it, it, no, it was, it was on the Horde tour, I think in Houston. And, uh, I was at an amphitheater and I was like, where, where's Lenny? And all of a sudden I look around, it's like on, on the, during the encore, he's in the back of the, of, of the amphitheater walking around that singing, let love rule the whole, whole crowd is like, ah! you know, it, yes. I, I'm getting chills when I, when I start to think about it because, I just, I remember that so vividly, um, you know, and then I'm, I assume, you know, who his wife was. Yes. Yes. Lisa Bonet. Yeah. 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 She picks some, she picks some good ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, just, but I mean, everything about him is, you know, for me is so cool in the sense that, you know, not only is a songwriter, did, not only did he play every pretty much instrument on this album, mm-hmm. um, and you know, moving forward, he he does. He's he's just like a magician, like a multi instrumentalist genius. Um, but he, the feelings and, and the emotions that he can express with his voice and the music that he puts out, it just blows me away. The fact that he's he's killing it as an actor at the Hunger Games and and what else, what I'll, you know, I I love musicians that are act Dwight Yoakam actors musicians. Right. Uh, Willie did it a lot. Chris Christopherson did it a lot. Uh, but I just, I, I love it when people can, can, you know, walk on that line well, that, well. Yeah. Yeah, and, and do it killer. He, he's awesome at it, you know? And so, uh, I know that he was kind of a, you know, a one man show and, you know, he 
did practically every instrument. His mom, his mom was black. His dad was Jewish. Yeah. And his mom was also an actress. Yes, she was. Quiz question. Ready for this one? Yep. What sitcom was Lenny's mom on? Was it A, Good Times, B, The Jeffersons, or C, What's Happening? The Jeffersons. Ding, 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 ding. Two for oh, oh, you're you're two for three now. That's pretty good. That's pretty. <laughs> Did I miss? Good. Did we have a question at Blue October question? No, we didn't have a. I, I couldn't find a good question for that because okay. I, I didn't really know it as well. Okay. Okay. Um. Well, I got that one right. I knew that one. Yeah. It was one of my favorite shows. I I loved what's happening. I mean, what's it's, happening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Um, yeah. And so, um, did you know that he just came out with a memoir? No. Did he really? Yeah. What's happening? I can't remember. No, no, uh, no, no. Lenny did. Oh, well. <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, just came out with in, in, uh, in October of last year. Oh my gosh. Well, I will be getting that. I'm reading the, uh, the, uh, thin Lizzie, uh, biography on Phil. Why not right now? I think this might be next or George Jones. Yeah, he's um, again, this is another one of those albums. This is why I chose the ones I did is because it is, again, very theatrical, but very much um, stands the test of time. Mm-hmm. Considering sure it came out, was it the 80s? Uh, late 80s. It came out in 89. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, was debu- it was a day. Okay. Yeah, 89. I graduated in 89 from high school. Uh, here's another quiz question for you. Ready? Ready. You know his wife, Lisa Bonet. True uh-huh. or false? Did she direct the video of Let Love Rule? True. Dang, dang. Good job. Yeah, and that <laughs> video won an award. It, I forget what award it was. It won like the um, uh, MTV Music Award for Best New Artist. I believe it. I believe it. And uh, I've always had such a huge thing for Lenny Kravitz, not just because he's amazingly hot, but he. (laughs) (laughs) And back then he had all that hair and he's just like, you know, walking his shirt off ripped. Yeah, he was. uh, I saw him in concert as well. Um, In fact, my friend um, Harold Todd played saxophone with him for a while. So Austin, I got to got to go see the show and so good. Uh, but that again, it's one of those albums that, especially now, really is uh-huh. true to life. And when somebody comes out with an album, they went in there, they played practically every instrument on the record, wrote yeah. every song. Which I, I'm a songwriter, so that's that's what I consider myself first and foremost. Uh huh. When somebody does that, that's that I have so much admiration for that. So okay, let's just tack it on. It's not just a musician, but a songwriter and an actor, right? So now, now even more admiration. Um, yeah. But the only person that really helped write any of the songs was Lisa Bonet. And she just she wrote some of the lyrics in uh, Rosemary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she also, what was the other song she wrote on? Um, I forget. But yeah, it it it's just it, it's such a good album. So much soul and so uh, it, a lot of long songs in this one too. Uh huh. Mr. Cab Driver is, is amazing. I mean, they're all so good, like front to back. They're all fantastic, but they, uh, 
they make me happy. <laughs> and they also take me back to, you know, again, simpler times. But then again, that's not exactly, he's trying to bring everybody together, even back yeah. then. Heck yeah, he was. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, definitely, man. I, I just, I love him. He's, he's so cool. Uh, what else? Do you got anything else to say about, about Lenny or Let Love Rule? I mean, I want to say something else about Lenny. I think that he is I, – I never really th thought about it this way, but he he comes out with more, like, consistently good records, especially those first three. Um, yeah. You know, they were just so awesome. And then, you know, he came out with five, and I was like, this is great too. You know, it, it, mm -hmm. when, you, when you come out with consistently like that, because, you know, a lot of people are just making records, not really thinking about the progression of the record or, you know, uh, it, it, I just – when the filler songs and stuff like that, I don't, I don't need that. I want good songs. I'd rather you come out with, with one every five years, as opposed to every year with a bunch of songs. He yeah. doesn't do that. No, I don't think he has it in him. I don't think he has bad ones in him. He's just so talented. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine anything he's saying or, you know, wrote or put out would be anything, but I, I, rem I remember uh, what, what album was it? It was, I think it was, uh, I, I forget, but his, that the black drummer with the Afro, the woman. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh shoot. I forget who she's married to now, but, um, I don't know, but yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's move on here. Um, let's talk about phases and stages. Okay. You talk to me. Well, I mean, I've always obviously heard a lot of his music from 1969 when I was born till now. And back in those days, you know, those were the early, early days, like were like little, but I, I don't even, they didn't have the big tour bus. I think they just had like the Winnebago was right. like the thing, you know, the tour bus kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, and phases and stages again it's it's very theatrical it goes through all the phases and stages of um different emotions and i guess you know it took me like when i first remember hearing it i was i was a young kid but then as i went back and listened to it as i was older or getting older older than you know 9 or 8 um, again, this, the, he's another one of those songwriters that he writes exactly how he feels and he makes you feel what he's feeling. No, no doubt. Uh, I could not agree with you more. Uh, I personally think that Willie had this innate ability to come up with these concepts and put the, the story into place. And this mm -hmm. one is just such an epic one because it's, it's, you know, it's the side, it's basically the story of a divorce with, um, you know, side A being from the side of, side of a woman. And then the other <laughs> one is being from um, the, side, the side of the guy. Yeah. And, you know, um, it peaked, it, it only peaked at number 34. And I, I was on my podcast with Spong. I, I said, hey, listen, I have a new rule that I've made. Because there was this, there's this podcast called the hit parade and this guy came up with the acdc rule which is basically if you have an album that becomes legendary and sells way more than anything else they ever did the next album is going to shoot to the top of the charts and then shoot down 
and and go go to the number one and then go way down where the other one never goes to number one but has all of these hits my right. new rule is called the willy rule <laughs> which is if you spawn a new genre of music you you might not hit number one right then with that and you probably won't but you will be you'll you will definitely get a number one album at some point and you will be the subject of other artistic works yep yep and it'll be an album well he definitely got a lot of people's attention uh oh, yeah, he did <laughs> he started doing I, I feel like he started doing concepts with yesterday's wine and then came out with this one and then redhead stranger which i think is not really a concept album i consider that a story album right right yeah but again it's uh he has he has that way too of taking it through down a whole through a whole story. The divorce record is what they call phases and stages. Yeah, for <laughs> sure, for sure. And I, I know that like and I've I've done a lot of reading on this. I, I read the uh, Joe Nick Potoski on Willie, which is awesome. Uh, and, yeah, and I'll, I'll get to that in a second here. Um, but uh, he met uh, Jerry Wexler at a party at a party at Harland Howard's house, where mm-hmm. he uh, sang songs and he wrote an album. And Howard remembered. Uh, this was a quote from him. He said. He got on the stool late at night when the party thinned out. He sang like a total album with a gut string of stool. Just went from one song to the other. And Jerry Wexler from New York just freaking flipped out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, along with Rexler's, Rexler's production on this, you know, I, I feel that this is kind of like you get Outlaw Willie, which is in my top five records, by the way. And then yeah. because and it's, it's there because I, I remember dancing around in my living room on my parents' jukebox to Shotgun Willie giggling about <laughs> underwear, you know, I mean, just as a kid. So um, yeah, it was a little strange for me, too, because there's also the not strange, but I giggled because I was like, I do not want to picture my dad sitting around in his underwear, biting on a bullet, pulling out all of his hair. That didn't quite make sense to me at the young age. When I first right. heard. It still doesn't really make sense, but. It's a visual. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently he wrote it in the bathroom because he needed another song on the back of like a sanitary napkin case. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. Quiz. He's done that a lot. Quiz okay. question. You ready for this? Uh-huh. Uh, which of Willie's daughters was the song It's Not Supposed to Be That Way About? Was it A, Susie? Was it B, Paula? Or was it C, Amy? Susie. Ding, ding. Good job. You're nailing it. See, they're not that hard. No, well, that's what those are. Well, they're easy, easy for you. Right. Yeah. That one was, that one I knew for sure. Uh, um, so I saw a quote that I loved um, from Rolling Stone that uh, it says, Nelson seems to understand an unloved woman better than any dozen of articles from Mrs. Magazine, the fact that Nelson can fashion a believable scenario with such sparseness is a tribute to his ability to turn experience into good music. Phases and stages is his best work to date. Now seems to call out for the filmmaker who can turn good music into good cinema. When I, when I read these, these, these quotes from, from, you know, people that are, especially the ones that are looking back, the ones that, that actually say it right, right up front, I'm always a lot more admirous about yeah. All music said the deceptively relaxed arrangements, including the occasional strings, not only highlight Nelson's clever eclecticism, but they also heighten the emotional impact of the album. As a result, this is not just one of Willie Nelson's best records, but one of the greatest concept albums of all time. 
Agreed. Totally agreed. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I mean, it's got so many, you know, uh, I mean, such great songs. Pretend I Never Happened, Bloody Mary Morning. I love, I mean, that's such a killer song. Sister's Coming Home. Still can't believe you're gone. I was supposed to be that way. It's it's just it's it's it, it it's such a memorable album, and you know I, I believe it's groundbreaking. You know this is this is where he basically said, you know I don't care. Yeah, I'm doing it my work. Yeah. <laughs> Did he have? I think that he had all of his musicians in the band in Nashville, and then they went down to Muscle Shoals, and he used some Nashville cats there, or maybe I some think Muscle so. Shoals cats. I'm not sure. You, you, I'm not sure, honestly, because I was so young then. Um, but but I do know that he always has, t you know, like, for example, the Redheaded Stranger album, the record label that he was on at the time, when he gave them the album, they didn't like it. They thought oh, it wow. sounded like, you know, they didn't like it and they didn't want to do it. And he said, well, you know, kind of too effing bad. We're doing it. That's and right. Like what quintuple tablet uh, platinum, so yeah, I think he, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, well, actually, I, I, I did some reading, of course, read the books and everything. So, uh, you know, when he gave it to the Columbia record exec, uh, they were like, kind of, ah, this is kind of more like a demo, don't you think? And mm -hmm. you know, Willie said to him, he said, you know, what does a what does it need to sound like? He said, anything but this, this song feels disconnected, the mood is too down. And the sound is too far flat. You need to go back and polish it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sure that didn't go over well. <laughs> no, 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 it didn't. Uh -uh. What was it? Christopherson called the songs uh, song farts or something like that. <laughs> um, Bob Dylan made a quote about my dad and the way he sings is because, you know, when he sings his songs, Obviously, he's written them, so here you're feeling exactly what he feels. But when he sings other people's songs, um, the Bob Dylan quote was, Willie puts his own trip on everything. <laughs> uh, he, and he makes it his. and uh, the producer, Billy Sherrill, said, did he make this in his living room? It's a piece of shit. It sounds like he did this for about two bucks. It's not produced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they know now. <laughs> uh, and like the other little children you're gonna dream a dream or two but be careful what you're dreaming soon your dreams yeah. will be dreaming you i mean that that uh, that angers me when people come up with lines like that <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying I do it's like, well, i do i, I just want to steal them mm -hmm. but, but th theft is an honor right uh, yeah, it will. Yeah, it's, it's a, uh, what do they say? Uh, it's flattering the, uh, Im, not an impression, but what's the saying now that I can't think of it? Uh, it's, uh, theft is, or borrowing is, I, not I theft. Yeah, something is, it's flattering that someone wants to sound like you, or, you know, I don't think plagiarism is the word, but it's right. an yeah, it's a form of flattery when people try and act the way you do or sing the way you do or yeah. Right. No doubt. No doubt about that. Yeah, this is I mean it's just it's a, in my opinion it's it's just a groundbreaking legendary album. 
and you know that it, it it spurred on something that n- nobody else ever thought of and i believe i say this all the time i believe that rock and roll is not a style of music i believe it's a an attitude of, of like I, I really don't care what you think i'm gonna do what i do because i think it's awesome mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know so great and i agree so willie whalen chris billy joe johnny cash those guys are all rock and roll to me yeah and they've all done it their way i know as well. every, every yeah. single one of them you know and they're all buds mm-hmm. yeah that whole yeah that whole i have a, a funny story about the the highwayman if you want to hear it I, I, please i love to hear things like this okay they were in europe i want to say i want to say um Actually, no, I think they were, it was like somewhere in Ch- out in China because they were somewhere in, in, over there and <laughs> it's illegal, like punishable by death, I believe, back at the time to have marijuana. Right? <laughs> I know. Is that not crazy? It's crazy. So they were playing and I guess somebody knew how to, to find some because of course they couldn't bring any with them on the trip. Well, so dad, whatever they got him, they were, here they are, the highwaymen, they're setting up in the monitor guy. And my dad is like, he said, he's like higher than he's ever been. in his <laughs> Like he said, he just kept hanging onto the microphone, hoping that people would think that he was drunk. <laughs> which they <laughs> didn't know the real story. <laughs> well the monitor guy had all the the monitors wrong so every time every time chris christopherson would sing that's what my dad would hear out of his monitor and he's high as a rat on top yeah. of the- awesome <laughs> he said it was the worst experience i saw i, I ever. don't know if you ever saw it did you ever see that jimmy fallon clip it's on youtube um when he comes and he goes hey willie how's it going man i'm so good to be on the bus how's it going your dad's like <laughs> you know, it's like I say, you know, why well, you could play, you know, uh, uh, Whiskey River, you know, Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. And yeah. <laughs> and he's like, okay, well, I, you know, after a couple of seconds, he said, well, hey, you know, what do you say we go grab something to eat after this? You know, maybe uh, Italian, is that good? And, and all of a sudden, after like a minute and a half, your dad, he just goes, <laughs> and he blows out this huge thing of smoke. <laughs> and your dad's like, uh, how about Mexico? the man can hold the smoke (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome all right well well, yeah no if you want to say anything else about uh about this album go for it if you have another story you want to tell about your dad i think we're probably good i don't know how i'm going to top that one that that, that is a good one (laughs) okay now um as much as i love phases and stages and let love rule I, I, I feel like I have a personal connection to Brent Cobb's Shine on a Rainy Day mm-hmm. because I remember when it first came out and Sun Radio was doing a um, like a live concert over South by Southwest. It was a free show at the backstage, the one down there on South First. Uh-huh. Um, and I went in there and I ended up meeting him afterwards. He, the nicest guy ever. Have you ever met him? I have not. I have not. But uh, he, I guess he listens to um, Willie's Roadhouse because I got a yeah. <laughs> um, Twitter message from him one day that said, you know, hey, 
I just wanted to let you know, I was listening to your show and I'm, oh my gosh, you're playing some of this, the greatest songs. And I was like, what? The really no way this can't be the Brent Cobb. He's listening to me yeah. rambling, you know, right. but yeah, was, uh, I've, so I've never met him, but I'm a mega fan, a huge fan. 2016 is when this came out. Um, and I guess that was, and maybe it was in 17 when I saw him. Uh, but I remember hearing him on Sun Radio and going, I really dig this. I mean, it's kind of like a, I don't know, but I, I hear this John Denver thing going on. And then I hear, you know, that this country thing and just the way he kind of, you know, the way he kind of talks when he sings and kind of talks about that, 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 that was a Georgia draw that he's got. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he, one of the lyrics I love in that um, song, well, one of the songs was, if you sneeze while you're driving through it, you won't see South of Atlanta at all. <laughs> yeah. he's another one of those guys too that has uh do you remember that show um name that tune oh yeah he had to you know each contestant had to name the tune and then least mm-hmm. amount of notes yep well i have this thing with singers that it, and voices that if you know they've got one of those name that voice that you can name it in one note you know who it is and, and my dad of course is one of those um the super tramp guys um the, all the records that i've picked really yeah you know exactly who they are um within the first note they don't sound like anybody else and brent cobb has one of those voices again it's like it's so emotional to, to hear you yeah. can feel everything that he's feeling i mean to to top you off right there and I, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what I told Spong. As I said, I believe that, I mean, I do this top five records podcast. I do this top three thing as well. I say top three vocals that, you know, immediately when you, you, you can tell that person. Um, uh-huh. I also do a top three guitar players and w- w- Willie hits both of those. Yes, definitely. I mean, he, he does. I mean, you hear, you hear one note on, on trigger and you're like, Willie. Yeah. People can, can try to, to imitate it and they do a pretty good job, but they, they, they can't do it. And uh, then Spong told me, he goes, well, I'm going to, I'm going to one up you now. So I went up to you, Paula, and now he went up to me earlier. Uh, he <laughs> said, a turn of phrase, if you hear a lyric or, you know, a specific lyric and the way that it's written and, and what it says, you can tell who wrote it. So, and I believe yeah. Willie is a perfect example of that. Oh yeah. Just like the, uh, the, the phrase from the song you read earlier. You can tell, of course. Dreams will be dreaming you. I mean, Jesus yeah. Christ. Why? How does it, I, it angers me. <laughs> okay. Quiz question. Last quiz question of the podcast. Are you ready, Paula? And see, typically, I'm ready. I, I would push my button and it would go ding, 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 ding. <laughs> so, while we're waiting. You're doing a great job of that, though. <laughs> uh, who produced Shine on Rainy Day? Was it A, Dave Cobb? Was it B, Randy Radio Johnson? Or was it Shane McNally from Songwriter? A, Dave Cobb. Ding, ding, Chase. You're good. <laughs> See, they're, they're, they're fun. They're good. They're, they're fun questions. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was wondering if that was going to be one of the questions because I almost said something about, because um, Dave Cobb is his cousin and I almost brought something up and then I was like, I bet you he's going to ask me that as a question. Yeah. <laughs> well, if, if you would have, I would have said, okay, well, I'll just go ahead and ask you the quiz question now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, 
I saw a quote from NPR that said uh, a gift. He has a gift for teasing out textures of a place, not only through the pictures of, of, of his written descriptions, but also through the cultivated naturalness and the um, fail and the feel of his music. So that, that's another one of those questions that, that I mean, uh, quotes that really kind of hits home in, in the sense that, you know, it's it. He, he's a songwriter. He didn't write all the songs on this, but he he did write uh, most of them, I think. Um, yeah. But just just a, a lot of admiration for this guy. And then his other albums, when they came out, I was just so excited to hear him. And I, to be honest with you, I haven't even listened to the last one yet. I You know, I because of I've heard parts of it um, because of the the radio thing right I, you know, we play it all the time uh keep them on the to they toes keep them on the toes keep them on the toes yeah <laughs> as well uh but he's got um yeah everything he does is just the same thing the um now i'm, I'm blanking out usually i have my this is my computer that i usually get all my information on right. and i'm like oh i don't have the information but um uh shoot the one song well, now that just makes me angry that I can't think of it, of the exact name of it. Um, but it's just such, uh, they're all so good. And, and I'm trying to remember if it's even on the same album, Shine On a Rainy Day, uh, because I just love everything that he does. I would have picked, if I could pick like all the songs, of ben, and I'd just say, let's just play all the albums because <laughs> they're, all, right. they're all great. No, the, I mean, yes, I, I totally agree with that. Um, I wonder what the uh, so what song you're talking about because that that whole album, in my opinion, it, it's one of those albums. It kind of reminds me of uh, Wilco's "Sky Blue Sky." I don't know if you ever listened to that one. Oh, yeah, they're great too. I'll tell you the name of it because it's gonna. If I say it wrong, I'm gonna feel really embarrassed. So I don't want to say the wrong title because I'm like, this is like one of my favorite songs. <laughs> How could I get the title wrong? Black Crow. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So, um, so good. I'm looking for the track listing myself. Um, yeah, but it's just a. I mean, so good. So, such a such a killer album. And uh, it's, yeah, so much feeling, and all of the things that he does. And I, well, now I think too. Ooh, that's what I was gonna. Do. I think he's coming to town because, um, it's not. Really yeah, not soon enough. I mean, I know it's it's pretty difficult because of all the stuff that's going on. I feel for all the folks that are you know used to being on tour and everything that's been going on but um he's going to be at green hall in new Braunfels is where he's going to be and i'm trying to see black crow that's great but i mean the other songs on this album let's just talk about those solving problems yeah. digging holes south of atlanta that's the song that i quoted yeah. from yes country bound he didn't write that one i think that was written by his brother his dad um and there's shine let the rain come down it's down in the gully it's it's just a <laughs> it's a great album man um okay well what else do you have a crush on him too i i do have a crush on him i do right. <laughs> i do i okay, have but... I, all of the people it's it's funny <laughs> um, i have guy crushes i have girl crushes uh if someone makes you feel the way these albums make you feel you can't help it you know, not only, you know, fall in love with them in, in a sense, you know, and um, so, yeah, I've, I definitely have a crush on Dave Cobb. He's a happily married man with children, and I know this, but because of the way he sings, you just, you know, you, you got are it. loving. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Right on. 
Okay. Well, um, Paula, tell me, yes. or actually, let's let's tell all our listeners where they can find you. I think on Facebook, you're Paula Nelson three five five one zero. Is that right? Oh man, so I don't Paula know Nelson that there's two Facebook pages. One's uh, the personal page, and one's like the you, it was supposed to be the the, the band page, but Paula Facebook. But they both have blue checks. Blue checks. So they're both, yeah, blue checks. So they're both, you know, verified. Uh, oh, verified. That's what it means. Okay. Verified. And Instagram, you're Paula Nelson1027. Yes. So yes. I, got, I got something right today. Yeah. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Wee. Uh, oh, so where else can people find out more about you? I mean, let's just talk about you for a little bit. Um, you are a musician and a good one at that. Um. Are you playing out much anymore? I don't. I haven't been on tour for, I've been working for, you know, Sirius XM for almost eight years now. That's crazy. Uh, you used to be on Sun Radio. I remember I used that to be too. on Sun Radio. I was with them for four years, uh, and right when they first started up. Started up, yeah. And they're in a little building in Dripping Springs uh, that doubled as a fabric store. <laughs> right. <laughs> And but um so and I loved that too. Uh, uh, I was working with them while I was still on the road, so I was doing my shows from like after a show at three in the morning, and the you know in these little tiny motels underneath the sink, going, "Hey, this is Paula Nelson you're listening to." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I read I read something that Margaret Moser wrote in uh, two thousand eight that said. Um, after what was it? The, um, after reading her article that you said, um, you called your mom and dad and said, "Hey, thanks for making me look like a drug addict." <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah that was, I think that was the Joe Nick Petoskey book too. Was, was, that, right? was that it? Was, was that, yeah, that was it was. mom talking about my rehab. Hey, I think everybody should go to rehab at least once. <laughs> Hell yeah, I need to. I need Twice. to. I'm, I'm a freaking alcoholic. <laughs> well, there's a lot of life tools that you can learn. And I still have a lot of great friends uh, in the program. And um, but, yeah, I thought that was funny that that was the first thing that they. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, great. I'm even though I'm not the black sheep of the family, we're all black sheep of the family. Like we're all outlaws one way or the other. Look at that. That's a fucking great quote. We're all <laughs> outlaws one way or the other. Um <laughs> So I also read that your five favorite female singers are Etta James, Bonnie Raitt, Aretha Franklin, Tony Price, and Carolyn Wonderland. Yeah. And if, if I had to pick five, I mean, of course, there's so many That's more. Hard. It's hard. Amelda May is amazing. Do you know yeah. Amelda May? Uh-uh. Oh. Oh. Man, stop, stop. I don't have that much time to do with all this. Yeah. Okay. I'll send you. Yeah. Check out. <laughs> send it to me. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, total girl crush on her too, but yeah, all those all those singers. Tony Price, I used to go see all the time. Erin, and uh, you know when she was doing the hippie hippie hour. Hippie hour at the Continental. Mm-hmm. She sang one of my songs that I wrote, and I thought I went to the show when she sang it, and um, it, it just made me cry. I was like, I couldn't believe Tony Price is singing my song. Um, I love that story about Steve Wortheimer buying her a Cadillac. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, then I'm have... on the radio. I'm on Sirius XM. Yes, you and... are. I hear you all the time. I hear you all the time. And then, um, uh, what was going to say? You... Yeah, okay. Uh, what about personal website? Do you have a 
No. No, pretty much just that I've got the Twitter and the Facebook and the Instagram. I don't really have a personal website. Uh, I did when we were touring, but since we're not doing that anymore, no. I'm about to start a store, an online store. Well, tell but, me about it. Um, I haven't said it. I haven't let it go yet because I've got some T-shirts. Like uh, I have these these PMB T-shirts that look like the the PBR. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, but I can't. Uh, I've only got limited some of those left, and um, we don't have any new. We've got a new record, a new EP. So I'm waiting until we get all that done. We've just recorded six new songs, and so we're going to put that out. And I'm, that's when I'm going to open up the store. So I'll it, let you know. When that's is open. that going to be? I mean, what, what, is it going to be on your personal website, or is it going to be? I'm just I'll put it up on Facebook, you know, or Twitter, and I can talk. I'll talk about it on the radio too. I, I got the okay that I can say, hey, by the way, I got a store. If y'all want, you know, we got this new EP and some shirts and some pictures and stuff. Well, so. If you want, if you want me, if you want the listeners to know what it's going to be called and go look for it, you can tell me now. Okay, I think it's just going to be um, like Paula Nelson Band Store. <laughs> Paula Nelson, there you go. That's that's, that's awesome. That's perfect. At least I can remember that. Uh, okay. Well, Hey, Paula, thanks so much for talking to me today. I really appreciate it. Taking the time. I know we had a hard time coordinating this. You've had some, some, a uh, roller coaster of a ride with squirrels. Oh yeah. Yeah. Squirrels, back injuries from moving the piano to get yeah, saved. The squirrel. Peter <laughs> <laughs> well, got hacked into, um, and it's been an interesting three weeks. Uh, I've been doing a lot of adulting this week catching up <laughs> well good for you and uh, i'm assuming you had both your, your shots your both your vaccines i get my second one on thursday okay good i just got my second one about 10 days ago i think okay anyway um, thanks again good. and uh when brent cops comes to town we should go to that show together i would love that i would love that i'll find out i'll look again to see when it is okay um, let me know i'm down i uh, we, you and i both have this admiration for him so, oh, I would love it. I would love right. it. You got it. Count on it. Cool. Thank you so much and enjoy your vacation. Oh, thanks so much. Awesome. Just flat out awesome. So good to speak with Paula today. Um, I love the story about uh, her dad in Europe and how he's holding the mic, thinking, hoping everybody thinks he's drunk and not high. But the, it, it's so weird and strange to me. I never knew that Willie liked to get high. So weird. You can find Paula on the good old interweb on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just search for Paula Nelson. She's got a store coming out too soon. Um, follow her on socials and you can find out what it is. And if you've got the gumption, head over to thebiggunshow.com and check out what my band is up to these days. You can also catch us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all with the handle of The Big Gun Show Band. That's the on the beginning, band on the end. And when COVID gets the hell out of here, our most consistent gig is our monthly residency at the Little Longhorn Saloon, a.k.a. Jenny's, here in Austin, home of Chicken Chip Bingo. We play the happy hour on the first Friday of every month. Don't forget to bring Grandma, because she's going to have a blast. Now close your eyes. We're on that desert island again. What five records do you have? Until next time.